Hallelujah. I'm going to be happy. I don't care what. Amen. Hair lips the devil. Praise God forevermore. You know, I just appreciate all that everyone does here, but I especially appreciate Pastor Scarlett. She just helps the service, doesn't she? Just flow. And, uh, amen. And is a wonderful minister. I'm always begging her to preach. And, and when she says yes, I feel like I've just, you know, been let out of school early or something, you know. <laughs> then I don't have to think about what I'm going to say because I won't be saying anything. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Um, I want to uh, preach this morning on times of refreshing. It just kind of came to me a couple days ago. There's some good scriptures that we have about being refreshed. How many enjoy being refreshed? And you know, the world has used that word for, um, it must be something that human beings, people enjoy because the advertising world has used that word for many years to sell their products like Coca-Cola, uh, used to have a picture of, uh, smiling young people holding a, a bottle of Coke and it said, uh, the pause that refreshes. How many remember those commercials? The pause that refreshes, that word refresh. And of course on our computers, the, the little, the little circle button up there where you type in on your browser, um, it'll say refresh. And that means it's going to, you know, reset it and, and make it more usable and, and, um, re bring that program back up for you or whatever you need. Amen. And then, uh, the cosmetic world uses the word refresh, uh, a lot, you know, and talks about, uh, certain cream on your face or whatever's going to be a refreshing or uh, take a refreshing dip in our swimming pool. The hotel will advertise whatever uh, we understand what it means to be refreshed. And I, I was thinking about that just from a natural standpoint. Uh, this morning while we were singing, my mind was went someplace else. And uh, I was thinking about helping my dad in the yard back when I was a kid. And we had that uh, water hose, that hose pipe, you know, in the yard. And uh, how refreshing. You'd be out mowing grass or trimming hedges or pulling the weeds or whatever, and you'd get hot and sweaty, and you could get that hose pipe out and take a drink from that cool water flowing, and it was a refreshing and uh, could help you go on a few more minutes before you started whining to your mother that you were being abused <laughs> by your father. And your mother would intercede and, and, and intervene. But uh, we... Uh, um, we understand that, and sometimes you'd take that hose pipe, depending on how hot you were, and just pour it right on top of your head, wouldn't you? And just get cool off and get a refreshing. Well, that's a natural refreshing. We understand how to do that and what that's about. We all do what we need to do to refresh ourselves. But you know, there is a spiritual refreshing that seems to be needed. If it wasn't needed, it wouldn't be in the Word. It's not only in the Old Testament, but it's in the New Testament as well. Amen. And the Bible gives us some clues as to being refreshed and times of refreshing. You know, 
uh, back in the day, we used to have a lot more meetings in the church than we do now. And as far as the pastors are concerned, we'd have meetings every night if people would come. I mean, we'd love meetings. Amen. But one of the things we used to have is a revival every six weeks or so. How many remember that? You'd have a revival. It used to be about ten days, and then it went to five days, and then it went to three days, and then they went to one night only and called that a revival. I don't know if you can have a revival in one night, but anyway, whatever. Go with the flow. But those revival meetings were a time of refreshing for our church because, you know, you just be toiling along in life and and in the work of God. And then and then you would just have maybe a special singing group and a special evangelist give everybody a little break and just just take the church to another level spiritually. Amen. And people would. Uh, sometimes rededicate their lives to the Lord in those times and bring friends that weren't saved and they would, they would hear the gospel and receive Jesus. Folks filled with the Spirit. Amen. Those who had been with the, filled with the Spirit, but things had gone dormant, they would get re-stirred up. And, uh, it would just be a time of renewal, revival, and refreshing. Hallelujah. And, uh, I don't know. I think we might ought to enter into the fall thinking a lot about those words. Revival, renewal, and refreshing. And uh, because you can get weary in well-doing. The Bible encourages us not to grow weary in well-doing, which indicates that you could become weary in well-doing. And one of the ways that you, it's not just grit and determination. We need some grit and determination, don't we? But it's not just that. Not only your will and your best intentions and your best thoughts, but it's also some spiritual things that come only from the rivers of living water. Amen. Praise God. And so, oh, and I was also thinking before we get into our scripture, I was also thinking about this uh, during the offering and everything and about the word and in our morning prayer today that Pastor Scarlett led, I uh, was thinking about the word edifying and building up. And this is part of it. The refreshing is to keep us built up and strengthened. Amen. And I was thinking about the Taliban in uh, uh, in in uh, Afghanistan. And um, I, I, I don't know if, if you all know this, but a few years back, uh, maybe five years ago, uh, we got a chance to meet with the that the current ambassador of Afghanistan at that time, uh, I guess that would make him the former ambassador of Afghanistan to the United States at the embassy in uh, in Washington D.C. And we got to got invited to a dinner that he hosted and private dinner, and we got to talk to him. And he showed us he had some paintings in the uh, in his home and in the embassy showing some of these magnificent um, antiquities that had been carved into the mountain and beautiful things, you know, from uh, ancient days. I mean, these things were thousands of years old. And the Taliban came in and blew it off, blew it up off the mountain, destroyed it. it irreplaceable. It's not something you can replace with insurance money. It isn't like you know, tearing down a modern building and rebuilding it. This is lost art forever from the planet. And these people, 
And, and it just, something just hit me about it today. I just wanted to share that with you. That these people are terror downers. They're not builder uppers. And the Bible talks about us edifying one another, meaning edifying uh, would be from the same Latin root words, you know, for edifice or edificio in Spanish, you know, uh, the, uh, uh, talking about a building, uh, an edifice, something that is built, something that is strengthened, something that is built up, amen? And uh, it's interesting, isn't it, that the Al-Qaeda uh, blew down the... The, uh, I mean, you know, knocked down the, the, the tallest buildings we had in the country. And so these people, uh, you know what? It proves that they're from the devil. <laughs> because when you start tearing down everything and blowing up everything and wanting to, you know, there's a group now wanting to blow the side of Stone Mountain's face off, uh, that where the carvings are, um, because they think it represents something not good. But, you know, when, when you have a group of people formed together and the, all they want to do is tear down and destroy, sounds a lot like the devil to me. Jesus' description of steal, kill, and destroy. And so anytime you see that in a government or a, or a movement or whatever, you know it's not the right spirit behind it. It's so opposite, isn't it? What God wants. God is a builder. Hallelujah. And he builds us up. And the word of God builds us up. That's a side sermon. Won't cost you anything extra. It's just a free bonus today. Today only. (laughs) Amen. But uh, watch out when groups start saying they want to tear down all the monuments and blow up everything and kill it and destroy it. That's not the right spirit. That's how you know right there. Look at Acts 3. Did that help you a little bit? But that's why we need to not tear each other down too, right? We can disagree without being disagreeable. We can have a difference of opinion. That's fine, isn't it? We're not Kool-Aid drinkers. Everybody has to drink the same Kool-Aid and, you know, uh, walk the same way and dress the same way and all that. That's just ridiculous. But we, uh, respectfully on any conversation or any kind of even a disagreement, we need to leave that with building each other up. Amen. And saying, I'm for you. I might not like all your ideas, but I'm for you and I want to help you and I want to build you up. Amen. Especially in the church, right? All right, times of refreshing. Let's get on with it. Acts 3, 19. says, repent ye therefore. Oh, Lord, don't have that word in the New Testament, please. Sounds like we might ought to from time to time. I know a short list of folks that need to right now, but I won't call their names. Repent ye therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out. When the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord, and he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you. Amen. And so there we have the, 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 the verbiage 
times of refreshing. Let's believe God today for our times of refreshing. Amen. And let's every time we meet for church, let's come in the doors thinking and saying, this service is going to be a time of refreshing. I'm going to be edified, like I just was talking about. I'm going to be edified, meaning, meaning built up, not torn down. God help a pastor who tears his people down, and some of them do. Tell them how awful they are, how ugly they are, how, uh, how ugly they're acting, and, and all that. But thank God, you know, we are, we are um, not terror downers, we're builder uppers. Not only that, but let us expect times of refreshing. To be refreshed. To be restarted. <laughs> like the refresh button on your computer. To be restarted. To be renewed in our minds and our hearts and souls. Amen. And so that when we leave, we truly leave different than we came. And we go from glory to glory. Woo! Be careful, I'm going to get riled up. Look at Psalm 30. And we'll read a few verses, uh, six verses in that. Psalm 30, 1 through 6. Now I'll tell you what, you know, the Bible talks about David at Ziklag. Um, he, he went and encouraged himself in the Lord. I love that terminology. Encouraged himself. Some people say, well, there's nobody, nobody's called me. Nobody seems to be encouraging me. Well, that's not good. But on the other hand, you, you know, we don't have to wait for Sister Ledbetter to call. She's Ledbetter and everybody. We don't have to wait for, you know, Brother, have all the answers to call. We don't have to wait for the prophet of the week to send us a, t- a text or a mass text. We can <laughs> encourage ourselves in the Lord. We can get out, we can have a little revival, refreshing time right in our car, right in the house, in the backyard. Amen. And just say, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to shout the victory. The devil's under my feet. I've got the joy unspeakable and full of glory. God's helping me. I'm above and not beneath. I'm the head, not the tail. All of Abraham's blessings are mine. I have health and healing because of the stripes of Jesus. I have finance and, uh, and, and, uh, prosperity. Because that he was made poor for my sake, that I might be rich. You start quoting scripture like that and calling yourself what God calls you. And you forgot what was causing you so much problem. I'm telling you, I've been healed by doing that. I've been, I've been refreshed and, and unexpected blessing, you know, has come. Amen. By doing those things. And so, uh, David, if you don't, if you wonder, I wonder how, how did David encourage himself in the Lord? All you have to do is start reading one of his Psalms and you can see how he did it. 
And he used the two words very powerful all the time, I will. I will. We have one of those here. I will extol thee, O Lord. Amen. I will extol thee. So to say, I will praise the Lord. I will bless his name. I will magnify him and make him big. What does it mean to magnify? Enlarge. I'll enlarge God in my eyes and my mind and my heart. And I will say that God is bigger than my problems. God is bigger than me and my peanut brain to solve them. Amen. And God will put me over and is. So David said this. uh, I don't doubt that he said this. As a praise, but also in faith. I believe he said a lot of these and sang these songs and psalms in faith. Amen. Because he said, I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast, past tense, lifted me up. That's past tense. Thou hast lifted me up. This is part of the refreshing. To be lifted up. Amen. We lift up his name, but he lifts us up. Well, praise God. If I went to church someplace, that's what I'd want the preacher to preach. For thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. Which means all of their attempts at victory failed. You got any foes? Well, they're not going to rejoice over you. You'll rejoice over them. O Lord my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast ignored me and said, No, you're not on John Calvin's list. Forget you. No, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. Past tense. Always put it in the past tense if you can. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive that I should not go down into the pit. People say, you, you know, people say, um, how are you doing? Well, what we're going through is just the pits, to be honest. Well, don't, don't put yourself in reserve parking in the pits. Praise the Lord. Get out of the pits. Irma Bombeck wrote a book back in the 70s. If if uh, if life's a bowl of cherries, what am I doing in the pits? But uh, really, and it was funny, it was, you know, sarcastic humor. But, uh, you know, we don't have to confess I'm in the pits. We can confess this. I don't go to the pit. <laughs> That's where the devil lives, in the pit, and I ain't going down there. Woo! Talk yourself off the ledge, so to speak. Amen. Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of His, and give thanks at the remembrance of His holiness. For His anger endureth but a moment. In His favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. And in and... That's a conjunctive word. Keep reading. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. Praise God. 
Now, they're predicting all kinds of, uh, you know, recession and inflation and, and depression and confusion and everything else that ends with an N. But I'm telling you, I'm confessing that in my prosperity, I shall never be moved. Praise God. We're not losing anything. We're gaining in Jesus' name. And God can make the righteous shine in the midst of darkness. If the righteous won't get religious <laughs> and start confessing a bunch of junk and believe in a bunch of junk. Sometimes the church leads the way on the bad confession, but we need to lead the way on the good confession. Praise the Lord. He said... By thy favor thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Hallelujah. In other words, I've got a sure foundation in Christ. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. You say, well, what does that have to do with with refreshing? Well, because joy and refreshing are uh, in the same category. Amen. When you get refreshed, you usually smile. Praise God. If you've been, if you have access to a swimming pool or the beach or somewhere, and you've been hot, and you get in that cool water, amen, it's, it cools you off, it refreshes you. And usually you smile about it and say, this feels really nice, amen. Praise God. So this is, uh, and don't forget, weeping may endure for a night, or sadness or grief, but joy comes in the morning. Well, that night is not exactly a timeline. It just means that with darkness comes, you know, dark times, dark things happen. It it causes us to weep. Some of us wept this week looking at what was happening in Afghanistan. But praise God, you remember the big picture. And and Jesus is still Lord. I don't care. And we're believing God for the Afghan church to rise up too. Amen. Did you know that it's the second fastest growing church in the world is in Afghanistan. Now, does that help you to see what the devil's doing? He doesn't want that. He doesn't want Muslims to accept Christ and become strong in the Lord. So what's he doing? Trying to stop it. Even some Christians say the most outlandish things like, well, we just should leave everybody alone and mind our own business. Well, okay, rip that part of the Bible out that says go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. I wonder if some churches even have Bibles anymore. I don't know what they're reading. 1 Corinthians 16. Uh, this is about us being refreshing to each other. That's why you need to come to church. Praise the Lord. Just thought I'd throw that in. First Corinthians 16, 17, and 18. I'll tell you, sometimes you can walk in and feel a little low, and you see one of your Christian friends at church, amen, and they're smiling at you and saying, hey, it's nice to see you, and, you know, be blessed, give you a hug, <laughs> pat you on the back a little bit. It helps you. It helps. And people say, well, I don't need that to be a Christian. Well, Jesus didn't get your memo, bozo. 
uh, uh, the Bible uh, or the Holy Spirit didn't get your memo because the Bible says that we should forsake not the assembling of ourselves together and even more so as we see the final days approaching. Now, folks, if we're not living in the final days, I don't know what what they are. And these are the end times. And even if the end, the actual final day is a thousand years from now, we're closer to it today than we were yesterday. So you don't have to have, you know, prophet of the week tell you what day it's going to be and sell all your stuff and give it to him so you can wait. 1 Corinthians 16 and 17 talks about us being refreshed from each other. Amen. So it says here, I am glad of the coming of Stephanus and Fortunatus. That's a good name, Fortunatus. And Achaicus. For that which was lacking on your part, they have supplied. For they have refreshed my spirit and yours. Therefore, acknowledge ye them that are such. Notice that they have these these names of these three brothers that came. They have refreshed his spirit, the Apostle Paul, and yours, talking about the church at Corinth. Someone can come in and bring a refreshing. Amen. Praise God. That's part of the job of the pastor. You know, the pastor feeds the sheep. That's actually the only thing the pastor is told to really do. And we've added a lot of stuff to it. But anyway, feed the sheep. And um, so... Part of that in feeding the sheep is you'd want to refresh them too. Amen. So hopefully when you see your pastor, he gives you a feeling of refreshment, not, oh, God, there he is, like the guy with the cigarette and the smoke going up his sleeve. My dad would say, your neck's on fire. But, you know, he's dreading seeing the pastor because in his mind, the pastor is the police, you know, trying to tell them how to live lives. And unfortunately, a lot of pastors choose that position, but that's not mine. Sorry. If you need a policeman, you're in the wrong church. I'm not going to police you. I'm just going to tell you what the word says and let you and the Bible and the Holy Spirit work it out. Amen. Praise God. I think that's better anyway. And uh, instead of me being the sheriff, I'm the sheriff around here. And I'm kind of how it's going to go. Barney Fife, the associate pastor would be Barney Fife, you know. In some churches, you feel like you are trapped in Andy of Mayberry soundstage 42B, you know, and uh, with Barney Fife chasing you down. Well, that's cute for TV show, but we don't need it for uh, for the church, do we? There's one more verse I wanted to look at. Let me see if I can find it here. Uh, look at back in Isaiah. You getting anything out of this? Praise the Lord. Be refreshed today in Jesus' name. You know, sometimes you can just put on some some um, gospel music and um, and uh, listen to some songs and just create a, a worship atmosphere right in your home and some praise music and. Uh, you know, you can download. You say, "Well, I don't have a lot of money to spend on." 
DVDs or CDs. You don't have to have DVDs and CDs. If you've got a, a phone or some kind of a smartphone or computer or whatever, you can download uh, for free Pandora Radio, and you can just put in whatever song or artist or whatever that you want there, and, and you have it for free. Amen. And you can listen and create a um, a worship set in your own house. Praise God. And put that on and worship the Lord and and uh, just get refreshed. Shut off the phone if you have to. Please turn off CNN, Fox, and MSNBC and whatever. And take your mail that you're reluctant to read and put it in the corner for later. It'll be there when you need it. <laughs> and just start worshiping God and praising Him. And and I, I these aren't just little tips. This is our life. Scarlett gets up almost every morning. She gets up before me. I know you find that hard to believe. But um, I'm the dragger out of bed. Anybody sees me in the morning, they say, how are you doing? I said, I don't know yet. Let me have coffee. And then I'll talk to you. But uh, Scarlett gets up almost every morning and just goes outside on the back porch and you know, just just reads the word and has quiet time, worships the Lord, Amen. So, uh, you know, I if you ref, if you'll do something like that, refresh yourself. I think you just get you just get by a whole lot better. All right, don't everybody shout at once. Go into fanaticism this morning. We'll have to be careful. Isaiah twenty-eight. Uh, verse 12, to whom he said, This is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Amen. So, again, we have this concept of, of resting, being, being rested, being refreshed, feeling rested, feeling refreshed. Yes, it's good to have rest and re- be refreshed naturally and physically, and it's important to your health, uh, physical health and all that. But we're talking about a spiritual rest and a spiritual refreshing. Now, let me just tell you to be balanced, how to be balanced. There is a time to fight. There is a time to get out after the devil and stomp your foot and tell him to get off your property and, you know, amen and and uh, some warfare, some spiritual warfare. There's a time to fight. There's a time to build in the spirit realm and edify. But there's a time to rest and to be refreshed. And what the devil will do, he'll use prayer against you to stop you from resting. The last thing he wants you to do is come back out for the fight rested and refreshed. Amen. How many know that you can work all day on some physical labor type thing and you just know when you're done, you know that, you you know, okay, if I don't stop soon, it's not going to be pretty. And so you quit and you go in and what do you do? You usually take a shower and you and you relax and you you re you refresh, you regroup, you recharge. That's the word I'm looking for. 
And there's a recharging that needs to take place in the spirit realm. Amen. In your life. And you get refreshed and, and recharged and, uh, reignited and revived and you can go back out then the next day and, and work harder and better than you did the day before. Amen. Because you feel strong. You feel refreshed. Well, some people, we had this one little prayer sister in our prayer group, uh, in the holy city. Praise the Lord. Tulsa and, uh, she was assigned to some of us, uh, had gotten assignment, prayer assignments. And, uh, I started noticing Brother Hagen would say, now you pray in the spirit and, and you press in, uh, and you do that in some warfare until you get a note of victory. And when you get the note of victory, stop praying about that thing. Don't just keep praying on it like God didn't hear you the first time. He's not deaf. And he's not enjoying your chanting. And I've been in services where people were literally chanting at God, and it was like, this is weird. This is, there's no faith in that. It's, it's almost like fear based. If we say it enough times, well, you might as well just get your rosary beads out and everything else and just go for it because it's the same thing. You're just repeating the same prayers over and over and over again as if there's some magic number that God's going to go, okay, you know, turn the switch on or whatever. Well, we would pray and about some cases that we had been given of people who were sick or different things, money in the ministry there. And we had this one sister, bless her heart, and uh, she would always say at the end, everybody say, everybody clear? In other words, are you clear in your spirit? Is everybody clear on this prayer? Do you feel like we touched heaven? Do you feel like we made a difference? And everybody would say, uh, yes, except for her. Every time. She'd be like, no. I just don't even feel like we should go eat. I think we should just continue. Because I just don't have that note of victory, you know. And have that Debbie down her face. You wanted to punch her in the nose, but you didn't. And everybody else is, we've prayed and we're hungry and we're going to eat. And low blood sugar and victory don't go together in my book. And uh, you get the, the devil will get in the hypoglycemic area. And uh, I'm telling you, I was, I was like, I was like, so I finally would say, my, well, actually my mother was in this prayer group too. And my mother looked at her one time, she says, I just don't feel like we should be eating. We should be praying. And my mother said, there's a bedroom up the hall there. You can go use it. You do all the praying you want. We're going to eat. This food is hot. I loved my mother, especially extra that moment, for sending weird Debbie Downer prayer into the thing. Well, she had to go. What's she going to do? She she wanted everybody to join her in her misery, and nobody would. So she just went down the hall by herself and came out, and all the food was gone. So there. Hope you enjoyed your impromptu fast. But there's a time to fast. There is a time. There's a Bible doctrine on fasting. There's a time to pray. There's a time to fight and believe God and rebuke the devil. Amen. But there's a time to rest, too. And if you don't balance that and get a, a rest, and a refreshing, 
uh, because that scripture talks about the rest, cause the weary to rest and be refreshed. You need to rest and be refreshed so that you can come back out when it's time to dig in and to really do some warfare type praying that you are able to do it. I hope that makes sense. And I've seen the prayer mamas and prayer warriors that never got refreshed and they just, they walk around like this with their eyes bugging out, you know, like a pug in a rainstorm. And you go, what's the matter with you? I'm just carrying all this heavy burden. All these prayers are on us and if we don't pray it through, it isn't going to happen, you know. And I, and they go, can I pray for you? And I go, no, you can't pray for me. You don't have any victory. I don't want anybody praying for me that's down in the dumps. Please remove your hand from the preacher. Back away. I don't want anybody. Well, don't you just want any and everybody laying hands on you? No, absolutely not. You shouldn't either. I'm telling you, the Bible says lay hands suddenly on no one. And uh, you know what? Well, they're believers. Yeah, I don't know what they are. But I'll tell you what, you, 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 you don't want, you don't want them transferring that grief and death, and dearth, and lack on you. So I, I had a, I, I got called down front one time in a meeting in, in um, up in Hartford, you know, and there was this man that felt like he had a word for me, and of course the minute somebody says that, I get my cross and garlic out, just in case it goes bad, you know. And um, so I'm, I'm, Got called up front, and this guy starts rubbing my forehead, and it gave me the creeps. There was something wrong with it. It was weird. I'm telling you, you know weird. What What is it they say in, in uh, self-defense? If it feels weird, it is weird. You know, and I, it was weird. And I actually took his hand like this and moved it from my forehead. Now, some people would say, oh, Brother Horton, you don't want to offend anybody. I'm thinking, oh, I don't care. I'm telling you what, I'm not going to receive. Just because we're charismatic doesn't mean we have to receive every single thing that comes down the pike. And uh, you have to judge the spirits and see if they be of the Lord. Can you say amen? And just because it sounds spiritual and they're spooky and they're Wearing, uh, you know, Catherine Kuhlman looking garment with arms flailing doesn't mean that they're, that they're of the Lord. And you have to discern that. Amen. And usually you won't go wrong erring on the side of caution. I'm telling you where you just go, you know what, brother or sister, I appreciate you. God help you. But no, you can't pray for me. And I've had people try to lay hands on me and pray for me that I didn't allow it. I just said, no, I don't feel right about it. And uh, I have that choice. It's a free country. I can do it. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs> and I, I learned that real quick growing up as a preacher's kid. You don't have to submit to everybody's whim and thought. Amen. And um, And so, praise God. Anyway, you know, somebody like that that doesn't get to the rest and the joy and the refreshing... I'd be careful letting them talk to me much or pray for me or give a word. Amen? Or lay hands on you. They'll impart some of that whatever. They tell me in France that when you, like that, you say, you know, you do that with your mouth that you're speaking French. Um, 
maybe you could say, excuse my French. That's usually when you're saying an English word that's not very nice, and they call it French. But, um, you know, um, I've just, I've just, I've just been very, very careful and smart with that. Amen. And thank God when somebody is spiritual, does lay hands on you, gives you a word from the Lord. What a beautiful thing. Amen. It's a time of refreshing there. But, uh, just because they're in the church and whatever doesn't mean you have to receive it. And, uh, and, and I'll tell you what, if you ever pray for somebody or give them a word and they say, you know, that doesn't really apply to me. I don't receive that. Don't get your feelings hurt either. We're all learning. Amen. Don't get all offended and go, well, I just was following God. And if you don't receive, you know, I've seen, I've seen that too. You're just offended. And it's like, well, if you're offended like that, that easily, you shouldn't be giving a word to anybody because it shows you're not mature. And it's only mature ones. The Bible says we don't put in offices in office. Amen. So praise God, you can learn a lot about yourself on how I've given people words before and they said that wasn't me. And I go, okay, I'm sorry. Just forget it then. Right? We're not moving the hand of God in that sense or making things happen. We're just trying to follow the Lord and flow in the Spirit. And everybody should end up in love and joy and peace at the end of it all. Amen? And say, praise God and have the the nerve, if you're going to say something like that, to say, now, if this doesn't mean anything, then just skip it and let it go. Brother Hagen said that. I've been in other guys' meetings, so-called prophet, that uh person said, well, that doesn't really apply to me, and then he chews them out. Well, I'm just God's minister, and if you don't, you know, Richard Nixon's spirit takes over, and here comes the jowls. I didn't break any laws. All right, praise the Lord. You know what I've said about jowls, you know, the older I get, the easier that is to do. You know why so many people retire in Florida? Because your body's already moving south, and you just finally just go with the flow and come on down. (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Might as well laugh, right? Beats crying. Well, praise God. Let's stand up and lift our hands and thank the Lord today for the word, for life, for the truth. Lord, we give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Lord, we magnify you. We glorify you. We lift your name above every name. And thank you for your goodness and mercy and grace. And we thank you for this time of refreshing and joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And um, we praise you. All right, you may be dismissed. God bless you. Don't forget Wednesday night, Pastor Scarlett's preaching again. She doesn't know it, but she is.